T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. A wide receiver standpoint, I don't think you can start any of them. Dante Pettis got two snaps last week. This is a guy that was being drafted at a reasonably high rate throughout the offseason. Even after Kyle Shanahan was openly annoyed with him, he he got injured. Kyle Shanahan wasn't very happy with his work ethic. And now it's obviously showing in a snap count from last week. I don't think you can trust any 49ers pass catcher outside of George Kittle, who was fantastic last week. He got 10 targets. He had two touchdowns called back, which is beyond infuriating otherwise he would have had an elite day but he's still an elite player obviously the workload is there George Kittle you could still put in your lineup with confidence 49ers did lose Tevin Coleman to injury got a high ankle sprain he's going to be out for a while maybe up to a month four to six weeks in all likelihood uh that means good things for Matt Breida though uh you know neither one of them was super effective in week one but they've got an opportunity here and Raheem Mostert's going to be involved but obviously, Matt Breida is probably the more talented player in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I still like Matt Breida a lot. I've got him going in multiple lineups today. Uh, the Bengals slowed down Chris Carson in week one, but they did give up almost five yards per carry as a defense last season. So I still like the 49ers running game. Still like George Kittle. And I'm still hanging back on Jimmy G a little bit, although I do like his potential today. Andy Dalton, I told you week one. Andy Dalton, for some reason, is fantastic in September before teams figure out how subpar he is and they get tape on him. Andy Dalton puts up numbers in the month of September. So he had a career high 418 yards last week. Niners defense can they can put a little bit of pressure on old Andy, but they still have a questionable secondary. Tyler Boyd had 11 targets last week. Like him a lot today. And John Ross, who I already mentioned, was an absolute monster. No one saw that coming from old John Ross. And I actually think he can do it again today because you can beat that 49ers secondary all day. Joe Mixon's questionable. He's a legit game time decision. He's supposed to test it out. So there's still a possibility that he could go depending on how he feels in the pregame warmups. Uh, but if he doesn't, I think Giovanni Bernard is a must start. He started two games last year in place of Mixon. In those games, he got every running back touch. So I think that Giovanni Bernard should be in your line. Probably even if Mixon plays, I think Bernard's going to have a role because Mixon's not 100%. Los Angeles Chargers at the Detroit Lions. Austin Eckler should absolutely be in your lineup. I sat him on my bench last week in one league. I've only got him in the one league, though. But after that monster showing, he should absolutely be in your lineup. The Lions were good against the run last year, but David Johnson... Had a nice game against them in week one. Uh, I don't think Justin Jackson needs to be in your lineup in any circumstance right now. He's, you know, he, he's just not getting enough snaps. He got like 15% of those snaps compared to what Eckler got last week. I think Eckler's the dude, uh, barring injury. You need to have him in your lineup. Justin Jackson, nothing more than a handcuff to Austin Eckler right now. Mike Williams might be out or well they're saying that he might play now actually it seemed like he was probably going to be out after they lost Hunter Henry not having Mike Williams is also a big blow to that offense 
But now they're saying that he's going to play. He's just going to be limited. Like they might just put him in for red zone opportunities and jump balls. So I don't think you can start Mike Williams under any circumstance today because you just, you'd just be banking on hopefully they get inside the 10-yard line and they just throw up a couple jump balls up to him. So, you know, maybe he winds up with two touchdowns, but I don't, I, I don't like that at all. I'm all about guaranteed volume, not taking chances on guys that might get touchdowns if they happen to be near the end zone. Keenan Allen obviously needs to be in your lineup. I, I, I mean, I, I just don't know who else Phillip Rivers is going to throw to today. It's not going to be Travis Benjamin because he's probably going to be going up against Darius Slay most of the day. He is the best member of that Lions secondary. So I don't want anything to do with him, but I think Keenan Allen has to be locked into your lineup. The other side, Karrion Johnson was a massive disappointment last week. Matt Patricia doing the uh, world's worst impression of Bill Belichick as a head coach, insisting that C.J. Anderson get carries just to make sure you know that Matt Patricia's in charge. They did get torched by Mar- the Chargers got torched by Marlon Mack last week, so there might be some hope here for Karrion Johnson this week if he gets more work than last week, I hope. Chargers have been struggling against running backs going back to last season, but their secondary is still very good. So I think Johnson hopefully will get a lot of work today. But I don't know how much I trust any of these Lions pass catchers against that Chargers secondary. Casey Hayward's still going to be all over Kenny Galladay. Chargers didn't let the Colts tight ends do anything last week. And that's Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, both very talented tight ends. So I don't think you can trust TJ Hawkinson, even though he looked like he was one of the better tight ends of the NFL in his rookie debut. I still think that he is a very talented player. I just don't love him in this matchup. Marvin Jones wasn't really involved last week. He's coming back from injury. Have to kind of wait and see on him. And I don't really trust Danny Amendola against this tough secondary. Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. I still need to see a little bit more from this Packers defense before I'm willing to put them in the upper tier of NFL defenses. They certainly looked the part against the Chicago Bears, but we know old Mitch Trubisky struggles quite a bit, and he looked absolutely terrible. So I don't know if that was a product of a stifling Packers defense or if it was just that Mitch is not very good right now. I still need to see it, and so we'll we'll get a good look at them today against the Minnesota Vikings team because Dalvin Cook, is go- it was basically their entire offense last week. He got a ton of carries, had over 100 yards. Uh, Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 10 times last week, so that worries you a little bit about his wide receivers. 10 times in a modern-day NFL game? Are you kidding me, Mike Zimmer? But... The Packers did have a good pass rush against the Bears, so that worries you about Cousins because their offensive line was still struggling last week, even after they thought they made a lot of improvements to it in the offseason. Adam Thielen, I think, is still a start against the Packers team because just because of his history against them. He got 20 passes for over 250 yards and two touchdowns in both of his matchups against the Packers last season. Uh, Diggs has a tough matchup against Jair Alexander. I don't love Diggs at all today. And, you know, I think Kyle Rudolph sucks, so you should just cut him if he's on your fantasy roster. On the Green Bay side, a little worrisome. That Vikings defense looked amazing. And I was in the offseason, you know, I was questioning that Vikings defense, questioning whether or not they were still an elite unit. I know they're still loaded with talent, but they're start. some of those cats are starting to get old. So I thought they were going to start to decline, but they looked absolutely fantastic last week. Five of their last six games against against Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers hasn't thrown for more than one touchdown against the Vikings defense. Mike Zimmer has been very good at shutting down Aaron Rodgers. So I don't like Rodgers at all today, really. 
But I think you still have to start Devontae Adams after a rough week one. I think Devontae Adams is still locked in as your wide receiver one in your fantasy lineup. And even even if he has a bad game, Devontae Adams, even when Aaron Rodgers has struggled where he's only you know, thrown for one touchdown in five of the last six games, those touchdowns have generally gone to Devontae Adams. He's still the number one target in the offense, and they're going to throw a lot because they're not going to be able to run the ball with Aaron Jones against that stout Vikings front. So I still like Devontae Adams in this game a lot. And I kind of like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Had a big play last week. I told you how much I liked him headed into drafts. He's got Trey Waynes is likely who he will see. Trey Waynes got burned by Calvin Ridley for a touchdown last week. So you know I like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So I will take a flyer on him. Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. Titans defense is good, but does my guy Marlon Mack. At 25 carries for 174 yards last week. They met last last year in week 17, and Mack had 25 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown against the Titans. Still love Mack this week. I know the Titans' defense looked really good last week, and the Titans' defense, I think, is good. But you have to address these divisional opponents a little bit different than you do your standard week-to-week matchups. Colts are going to run. Uh, Jacoby Brissett isn't a play for me at all, but I'll still take a chance on T.Y. Hilton who I sat in multiple leagues last week, but he clearly paced their wide receivers and targets, and he still had a very good game. Last time he's last time he went up against Tennessee, he had nine catches for 155 yards and two touchdowns. Colts tight ends were underwhelming in week one, so I'm waiting on them before I'm willing to take a chance on any of them. And I said this week on the podcast, I'm fading Derrick Henry in every league after a monster week one. Well, I didn't really draft him in any of my leagues. I avoided him at all costs because I don't trust Derrick Henry. But, and I'm still doing that, just not this week, because it's a very good matchup for Derrick Henry this week as well. Colts got lit up on the ground last week by the Chargers. They gave up 219 total yards and three touchdowns to running backs last week. Uh, You aren't taking a chance on Marcus Mariota. Same goes for their wide receivers. I like A.J. Brown moving forward over Corey Davis, uh, but I need to see a little bit more work and a little bit more consistency before I'm willing to insert him into my lineup on a weekly basis. I do love Delaney Walker this week. He had a big game last week. Colts allowed the most catches and starts to tight er, Yes, and starts to tight end last last season. Let's get to the weather. Storm warnings with Steve. Now, there's not really much weather you got to worry about today. Uh, I really just want to make fun of that Thursday night debacle where the the Panthers and the and the Bucks decided they had to start the game for no reason so they could play for 15 minutes and then torrential downpours delayed the game for an hour just ride it out just hang on you know everybody's gonna come back i was still up till midnight watching that game weather looks pretty good on a football sunday today there shouldn't be anything you really need to worry about and hit a quick timeout when we get back our Arrowhead Pride Fantasy Locks of the Week. My lineup goes as follows. Quarterback Tom Brady paired with wide receiver Julian Edelman. I really like that matchup in Miami. A lot of uncertainty around Antonio Brown, but I think that'll open up things for Edelman regardless. In my running back position, I have Ezekiel Elliott and Josh Jacobs against the Chiefs. The other two wideouts, Kenny Stills and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I liked how Valdez-Scantling looked in that first game. Tight end Travis Kelsey against the Raiders. For my flex, Chris Thompson of what the Washington R's, he's going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Thompson is in line to get more usage because Darius Geis is not available. And then for my defense, I got the Buffalo Bills. 
against the New York Giants. That's Brady, Elliott, Jacobs, Edelman, Stills, Valdez, Scantling, Kelsey, Thompson, and the Bills for my daily fantasy lineup. You can catch some Chiefs pregame coverage. The Arrowhead Pride Tailgate comes on right after this show, 10 a.m. Me and Ken Swanson stick around for some Chiefs and Raiders talk. Protein House, eat with a purpose. Text line 69306. Make sure you text in your lineup questions. I will try to answer those all throughout the show. And, I mean, depending on if I feel like it, I may go live on Twitter or something after the show, answer some lineup questions. Although I gave you guys a lot of advice on Twitter last night. I was answering your questions for like three hours last night on Twitter. So maybe I've given you guys enough advice for the week. I'll decide about that in a little bit. But one thing you guys definitely need to do today Come hang out with us at Winning Streaks inside Harris Casino. Uh, we will be there to, during the Chiefs game. Show and Vern, myself. They got 50 Cent Wings. They got Half Price Apps. KC Beer Company is going to be there. Let's kick it. Let's hang out. Let's watch the Chiefs game. Watch the Chiefs, uh, I would assume, beat the Oakland Raiders at Oakland. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. We do these all throughout the football season. So make sure you guys stop by because... We are going to have a lot of fun out there all day today. I will be out there all day watching football. So if you want to get there a little bit early, feel free. Goal line goat. This is generally, generally reserved for guys that I think are going to vulture touchdowns. But today, my goal line goat is Damian Williams. He got all the red zone looks last week, and he managed a touchdown even though he struggled on the ground. LaShawn McCoy is going to have a role in this offense, and I think a lot of people are getting a little bit too infatuated with Deshaun McCoy. Uh, the Chiefs still have a lot of trust in Damian Williams, and I know I've been against Damian Williams all offseason. I was the one that was telling you not to draft him because I wasn't willing to spend a second-round pick on Damian Williams because I didn't have enough faith in his talent to be a, an every-down type of running back. <clears throat> but now the value's there. Now, now there's actually value in Damian Williams because everybody's so stuck on LaShawn McCoy after he had a reasonable week one that I actually like Damian Williams now. And I've got Damian Williams in a couple lineups this week. Loud wrong. I mean, you know what it is, right? Like, like you, you know, you know what I was wrong about last week. Yeah, he's smiling. Mahomes, he's so, smiling too. So Sammy Watkins, touchdown. The Legion of Zoom strikes again. I mean, listen, you're always going to get things wrong in fantasy football. Like, like, there's too many variables for me to be 100% accurate all the time. And man, I faded Sammy hard in a lot of leagues last week. And I wasn't really ready to just deploy him as if he was this... You know, superstar space alien or whatever lizard man that he calls himself on Twitter. But he was incredible. And, and he, he did damage before Tyreek Hill left the game. Then when Tyreek Hill did leave the game, Sammy was the clear number one target for the team. You know, tra Travis uh, had, had, a, had a, a quiet game, but he still had like 80 yards or something like that. But it just seemed quiet because Sammy, 198, three touchdowns. Yeah, I couldn't have been more wrong about Sammy Watkins last week, so I'll take that one. All birds. You know, the thing about daily is that, you know, you can 
find value in places that you normally wouldn't in your general season-long lineup. So all verts is generally my favorite daily plays of the day. I've got a few lineups out there, but my favorite one so far, I absolutely love Dak Prescott today. Dak Prescott is establishing himself as a fantasy superstar. For me, the price is still right against a division opponent that he's had success against in the past. And as I mentioned, there's a ton of value across the daily fantasy landscape today. And that value is going to help me spend big on a guy like Alvin Kamara. I absolutely love Alvin Kamara. He's one of the most consistent performers in fantasy football. He is expensive, but because of the value of a guy like Damian Williams, I can afford Alvin Kamara. I just told you how much I like Damian Williams today. He got all of the red zone looks for the Chiefs last last week, and I think that's going to continue. The Sean McCoy is going to be a factor, sure, but we want touchdowns. That's what I'm after. I, I'm not after, you know, 10-yard gains. I'm looking for scores. It's also why I like Michael Gallup today. I wanted to pair somebody with Dak Prescott, and Michael Gallup's our good value play. He was a monster last week. You know, he he struggled a little bit his rookie season, but he's really developed into an all-around type of wide receiver. I love Michael Gallup today. I love Josh Gordon, too. Everybody's going to be on the A-B bandwagon a lot. I don't know if he's going to be a popular pick in daily just because we don't know his status, but I still think Josh Gordon's going to have a huge role in that offense. And I'm going with Sammy Watkins today because I can afford it. I can afford to roll with Sammy after that screw-up last week. Sammy Watkins is absolutely in my lineup. And I love Darren Waller. The Chiefs were one of the worst defenses in the NFL last season against tight ends. Darren Waller played every offensive snap for the Raiders last week. And those prices were set before that Monday night game was played. So Darren Waller is super cheap. So you need to get him in your daily lineups. And I love Chris Thompson going against a very good Dallas defense. And, you know, the Washington offense isn't anything to get excited about. But Chris Thompson's going to get a ton of volume today. And if there's one thing the Dallas defense has been bad at over the last couple of years, it's actually against pass-catching running backs. So I love Chris Thompson's potential, and I love the Patriots' defense. I mean, just start any defense going against the Miami Dolphins. That's my all-verts lineup of the day. Let's get back to some matchups real quick before we catch up with my guy, Ben Heisler. The New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins, who we just talked about. Tom Brady once again, an Every week, fantasy lock. In my mind, a top three fantasy quarterback this season. I thought those days were long behind us where, you know, the Patriots were a run-heavy team. We weren't sure who their pass catchers were going to be. Antonio Brown's going to be going to play today. Uh, it, it appears. It appears he's going to be active, and supposedly the Patriots want to force-feed him the ball. And I don't blame them. Going against, I I mean, this is about the most perfect matchup that you could get Antonio Brown involved in is he's still learning the offense as he's still getting comfortable. Obviously, he's one of the most special wide receivers in the NFL. And the Dolphins are a terrible football team. The the Dolphins are a B squad. Like, they've got got one player on defense that is a legitimate NFL starter. Everybody else, they're trying to trade Minka Fitzpatrick, who's also a nice player. I don't even know if he's going to play today because of all the issues they're having. Like, This could be a massive, massive game for your Patriots, so you need to deploy all your Patriots, including Josh Gordon, even with Antonio Brown in the lineup. Julian Edelman is, of course, in your lineup. Um, I don't think you can play Philip Dorsett now. He had a very nice week one performance, but with Antonio Brown in the lineup, I think that hurts Philip Dorsett quite a bit. Josh Gordon's still going to get a ton of steps, so I still love Josh Gordon a lot. And I think you have to play Sony Michelle because the Dolphins are one of the worst run defenses 
in the NFL. I know Rex Burkhead got a lot of work last week, but I think this is a get-right game for Sony Michelle because he can absolutely do some damage against that terrible Dolphins defense. And I don't think you can start any Miami Dolphin. Patriots secondary is so good that even in garbage time when the Patriots are up by 40 points, they could still easily shut the Dolphins out in this game. I'm not touching any of them. The Buffalo Bills at the New York Giants. This is my survivor pick, so I'm really banking on the Bills beating the Giants this week. So don't let me down, Buffalo. I like Josh Allen a lot today because just like the Miami Dolphins, the New York Giants have one of the absolute worst defenses in the NFL. Those two two teams are actually competing to see who can be worse at defense. And so I like the Bills a lot today. I can't think of many circumstances where I'm going to pick the Bills in a Survivor League very often. But this is one of those instances. I love Josh Allen today. I am playing him in a DFS lineup because he's got the potential to. You know, most quarterbacks, like league average quarterbacks when they play the Giants, are a lock for like 300 yards and three touchdowns. Like, I don't need that from Josh Allen. Josh Allen, give me 250 two scores, and then maybe like 70 yards on the ground and run in another score. I would be more than thrilled to get that out of Josh Allen. I think he's going to have an opportunity to get a couple of deep ones today. The Giants are bad across the board in that secondary. Randall Cobb burned them last week. Randall Cobb, most of you probably didn't even realize Randall Cobb was playing for the Dallas Cowboys, and even he burned them along with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, who both had monster games. That secondary is absolutely garbage. I think that I actually like Cole Beasley a lot, too, to have a nice day. He saw nine targets last week, wasn't super effective with them because we know John Brown had the big week one. But Cole Beasley, as we heard all offseason, is one of Josh Allen's favorite targets, so I think he's going to get a lot of looks today. That giant secondary got absolutely obliterated by the Cowboys. Uh, Devin Singletary only got four carries last week, but he was super effective with those four carries. He averaged like 10 yards a carry. He's a much more talented back over Frank Gore. They have to get Devin Singletary more work. I think they're going to do it today going against a very light defensive matchup. Obviously, for the Giants, you're going to play Saquon Barkley. You're going to play Evan Ingram, too, because Evan Ingram legitimately might get 25 targets today. Like, Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram are the only pass catchers that they have right now because Sterling Shepard's out. Golden Golden Tate is suspended. There's nobody else on this offense that that you should even consider for half a second. Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know why Ben Roethlisberger hates James Washington, but he's really he really needs to get over it. James Washington can be a, a playmaker. He is he's really just a deep threat. He's not an all around wide receiver yet, but he's still a much more talented player than Dante Moncrief because Dante Moncrief just isn't very good. Uh, I think Juju's going to be fine. Uh, he's obviously in your lineup, and Big Ben's ridiculous at home. He averages three hundred yards and two touchdowns in Pittsburgh over the last couple of years. So I think Big Ben should be in your lineup today. Vance McDonald didn't have a very good week one, uh, but but really no nobody in the Steelers offense did. So I, I don't think you can be mad at Vance McDonald. Uh, Seattle allowed 93 yards to tight ends last week, and they were bad against the position all last season. Uh, so so I actually really like Vance McDonald and a lot of my lineups today. And James Conner, I think he's going to have a bounce back. Seattle's been pretty good against the run. Uh, they were pretty good against the run last week, but I think James Conner, at home, Steelers, I think he's going to get a lot of work. I like James Conner today. And the Steelers looked rough last week. I do still believe that they have a very good defense, even though they got torched by the New England Patriots. Um, but they do give up red zone touchdowns to, to the running back position, so I like Chris Carson a lot today to at least find the end zone, but I don't think he's going to have a huge yardage total. 
Uh, Joe Hayden likely out this week. Steve Nelson didn't look great against the Patriots last week. Tyler Lockett, game-time decision with a back injury. I think that if he plays, he should be in your lineup because he's going to have an opportunity to catch another deep touchdown like we saw last week. And DK Metcalf looked awesome in week one. He proved me wrong. His physical ability was ridiculous. He was great. I like Metcalf again this week. He ran 77% of the Seahawks' offensive snaps in week one. Here, a quick timeout when we get back. My good friend, Ben Heisler from Fantasy Sports Markets. Fantasy Football Sunday with Steven Serta. Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. As always, we are very happy to be joined by Ben Heisler, our good friend from FantasySportsMarkets.com. How are we doing this morning, Ben? Happy week to Serta. I am doing well. I am trying to figure out how many Patriots I want to play today uh, in the midst of being 19-point favorites on the road at Miami. I think they're the second highest road favorite in NFL history. And because of that, Miami is more likely to somehow pull off the cover. But what can you do? Yeah, I, I've got a lot of Patriots going in my lineups. And I get. I mean, we can start right there. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport this morning, they are expecting to have Antonio Brown active in this game. Ian Rappaport saying on NFL Network that they are going to try to feed Antonio Brown. So if that is indeed the case, I believe you have to have Antonio Brown in your lineup if you buy into that at all. But do you need to have him in your lineup? And how does that affect a player like Julian Edelman or like Josh Gordon? So I think when it comes to Antonio Brown, if you drafted him in, in your second or your third round in your season-long league and you made that full-on investment, like this this is what you've been waiting for, right? So there's absolutely uh, no the, the idea that you would not play Antonio Brown in season-long this type of week, uh, unless your other wide receivers are like DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas. Uh, there's no reason for you not to play Antonio Brown. However, in daily, I'm probably staying away um, because I just think there's so much volume to be spread around in what likely shapes up to be a run-heavy second half for the Patriots. Uh, remember, like a lot of the guys on the Miami Dolphins coaching staff are former Belichick disciples, right? It doesn't seem like it's the type of game where they're going to go out and completely try to embarrass Miami. Plus, the Patriots historically have had their issues in Miami. Now, again, it's a different Miami team. You have to understand that from week to week. But um, I, I play Antonio Brown in season long. I'm probably fading him on the daily side. Um, Sony Michelle sets up nice as an opportunity for him to bounce back. But remember, the Patriots blew out the Steelers last week, and Rex Burke had not Sony Michelle was the guy that got a ton of volume in the second half. So I'm not sure which Patriots to go with. The guys that I would feel most comfortable with are for sure Julian Edelman, for sure James White, because I know how they fit into the offense. And I still think Josh Gordon remains in play just because I know he's going to get the bulk of the snap. I feel comfortable with him in that wide receiver two spot. But the rest of the guys, eh, probably not so much. Heiss, I know I, I was down on him a lot headed into drafts. And, and really all offseason I was arguing with Chiefs fans about Damian Williams. And now everybody seems to be fading him hard because LaShawn McCoy had a pretty solid game against the Jags last week. But I'm actually on the Damian Williams bandwagon and I think you are too because he got a lot more of the snaps that mattered last week like LeSean McCoy wound up with a pretty good game but Damian Williams had a touchdown and he got all the red zone opportunities so I'm I actually want Damian Williams in a lot of my leagues right now and it's funny because I was on the opposite end of that headed into drafts do you remember when Baker Mayfield uh in his final year in college I think it was week two on the road at Ohio State 
uh, where he took the flag and just planted it directly on the 50-yard line. You, you remember that moment for Baker <laughs> yes. Mayfield? Yes. That is how I have been for week two with Damian Williams. I, I said from the beginning of the year that if once LaShawn McCoy got acquired by Kansas City, you either have to be all in on both those guys in your season-long leagues or you have to move on completely. But what I saw from week one, yeah, McCoy was very efficient when it came to his touches. But I am on the Damian Williams train for a variety of reasons. Let's talk about the first. He led all players in the NFL with red zone looks in week one. Not just at running back, not just at wide receiver, but everybody in the NFL. Second thing, he outsnapped LaShawn McCoy two and a half to one. Third thing, and this is, this is pretty crucial here, um, in going back and trying to figure out what the Chiefs have looked like without Tyreek Hill on the field, uh, Damian Williams was one of two players last year who saw their targets increase. It was him and it was Demarcus Robinson. So factor in all these things, factor in a matchup against Oakland that's going to have an impressive offense against the Chiefs' bad defense that gives up a bunch of chunk yards. And I can imagine a situation where Damian Williams is the most active that we've seen from him in the passing game, and they already love him in the passing game. The Chiefs running backs were the most efficient running backs in NFL history last year. So all these things factored in, it just feels like a Yahtzee day for Damian Williams to catch a ton of passes. He's getting the goal line work. He's outsnapping LaShawn McCoy two and a half to one. Like, what more do people want from Damian Williams in this situation? Maybe to average more than a couple yards per carry? Fine, but he's going to get involved in the passing game, and on a daily fantasy perspective where you can get a full point per reception, I am all in on Damian Williams today. Before I get you out of here, Heiss, I need to get your thoughts on this Los Angeles Rams backfield. Uh, I mean, Sean McVay told us all offseason. He was honest about it. They're going to try to you know, rest Todd Gurley, not overwork him early in the season. That's beneficial for a guy like Malcolm Brown, who got a lot of work last week. I think that if you are a girly owner and somebody else in your league has Malcolm Brown. I think that both of those guys can be weekly starters in your redraft league moving forward because they're both going to get a good amount of work. Obviously, Gurley's a more talented player, but that offense is kind to running backs, and so I think that they can both be productive. I think that's perfectly fair, and it's sort of similar to what I've been talking about when it comes to the Chiefs, like how they use their running backs in their offense, how they'll catch a bunch of passes, how they're not afraid to give them work at the goal line. Like, Sean McVay doesn't really have a tendency to get too cute in those types of situations, and, and maybe Todd Gurley owners would disagree with that. Um, but he was so remarkably efficient, and I think if he's going to be somebody that dominates between the 20 to 20-yard line, then there's value for Todd Gurley. But Malcolm Brown, if he's getting the goal line work, and I think today against New Orleans is going to be a critical test to find out whether or not that one-game sample size from last week is something that, A, we need to pay attention to, or B, as kind of McVay said post-game, you know, that was just Malcolm Brown's opportunity in that moment. They were going back and forth between the snaps. Uh, but then you have to go back and look and realize that Gurley, especially in the second half, was getting a lot more of those opportunities as well. Um, you're right. I, I, I think especially if you're a Todd Gurley owner, um, if you wanted to try and make that move for Malcolm Brown, even if he doesn't have a big game, but you see him get the goal line work, say maybe he has like eight carries for you know 30 yards and a touchdown, I, I think that's still – buying low on Malcolm Brown because he's the guy that's going to get the goal line work for this Rams offense. And they are scary. Three electric level wide receivers that just extended Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown. And I still think Darrell Henderson is going to get involved in the passing game as well. Uh, this might be your opportunity to buy low before everybody starts to get on board with Malcolm Brown. Tell these people how they can go win money on fantasysportsmarkets.com with Damian Williams and Malcolm Brown. Yes. I, although I don't know if I would necessarily suggest Malcolm Brown playing on a site where you have no salary caps. But then again, 
So maybe he breaks his place uh, at home against New Orleans. Uh, it is at fantasysportsmarkets.com for anybody that has ever played uh, daily fantasy football before uh, and has gotten frustrated on the salary sites with people entering 150 lineups against you using a bunch of computer algorithms to go ahead and beat you and you just want to play and have some fun. Uh, that's kind of what Fantasy Sports Markets is all about. You can enter this week for 5 bucks uh, and win $50,000 with a roster bonus. Uh, we have over 200000 plus up for grabs over at FantasySportsMarkets.com this week. Uh, so it's a lot of fun and a great opportunity to get involved. Play DFS without worrying about people that have large computers and big brains just dominating all over you. It's really the most fun way to be able to play Daily Fantasy. Follow him on Twitter, at Benny. Hi, so we'll catch up with you next week, Ben. All right, Sarah, that sounds good, my friend. Over the top. I absolutely nailed this last week with Deshaun Jackson. This week, I might it might be a little bit more of a risk, but that's the point of over the top, right? We're, we're, we're taking flyers on guys that have potential to just – we just need one deep touchdown, right? We just, just one deep ball. That's all we need from you each week. I don't care if it's one one fifty yard touchdown. That's all I need. He's a guy who has in no way lived up to his draft status, but last week he looked amazing. Uh, one of his touchdowns was a total blown coverage, but John Ross of the Cincinnati Bengals. I like his role. I'm in on the John John Ross hype train headed into this matchup specifically. I You know, maybe he loses some value whenever the hell A.J. Green gets back and is healthy, but I actually really, really like John Ross a ton today. And the Niners secondary is terrible. And as I've already told you, the Red Rifle in September, for some reason, is money. So you got to have a little bit of trust in Andy Dalton, and you shouldn't have any trust in him past September. So I like John Ross to manage another long one today. And if he manages to stay healthy, I actually like his potential for the rest of the season. Knock out another matchup real quick. The Dallas Cowboys at the Washington R's. Start all your Cowboys today who looked like a uh, they looked like a very explosive offense last week, and that was with Zeke on a snap count. You know, Zeke's not going to be on a snap count this week, so obviously you get him into your lineup. You expect big things from him. Poor Tony Pollard has probably lost all of his value aside from, you know, just hanging on to him in case something happens to Zeke. Uh, Dak Prescott has scored multiple touchdowns in four consecutive games uh, dated back to last season. With the emergence of Michael Gallup, this offense has real potential to keep this thing moving. Uh, I, I love Amari Cooper today. I love Michael Gallup today. That's a total stack play. Uh, if you're interested, I am I am all about that. If you can find a way to manage Cooper, Gallup, and Dak, yes, absolutely get that into your daily lineup. Uh, Cowboys cornerback Byron Jones is questionable today, but I e- even if he doesn't play, and they, they should probably rest him because he's an elite play playmaker in that in that secondary. Uh, even if he doesn't play, that doesn't mean that you can play any Washington pass catcher against this defense. They're still a very good defense, and you know I like my guy Scary Terry McLaren, a guy I actually like a lot moving forward. Uh, but I'm not messing with him today, not against this defense. Uh, AP's getting the start because Darius Geis went on IR this week. Um, I don't like him either. Cowboys, just, again, a good defense. They should be up big in this one. Washington's probably not going to be able to run the ball that much, so I don't think AP even gets that much work. Uh, But I do like Chris Thompson a lot, as I already mentioned, because the Cowboys, actually, if there's one weakness in their defense, they've been pretty bad against pass-catching running backs. They were bottom five last year, and they gave up seven catches last week. So I actually do like Chris Thompson. I've got Chris Thompson in multiple lineups today. Uh, 
Need to hit a quick timeout. When we get back, we're going to get a little sports on you with our top off player of the week. Fantasy Football Sunday with Steven Serta. Arrowhead Pride Fantasy Locks of the Week. What's up, guys? Ken Swanson with Arrowhead Pride with my daily fantasy lineup. Going with Kyler Murray again this week against a tough Baltimore defense. Expect him to have some productivity in garbage time. At running back, I spent on Zeke Elliott. Also grabbed Matt Breida, who should have a big role for San Francisco with some of the injuries at the running back spot there. My receivers going with Mike Thomas and Devontae Adams as big spins. Uh, Josh Gordon at uh, as a receiver spot as well. Evan Ingram is my tight end, and I expect him to get a lot of touches and opportunities this week with some of the injuries to the skill position players. Rolling with Sammy Watkins in the flex. Uh, expect him to be the most productive receiver for the Chiefs this week. And I'm picking the Chiefs to win, obviously, but I'm going with the Raiders defense. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a great week for them. I think it's going to be a fine week for them and good value as a bottom-of-the-barrel defense against a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. Be sure to listen to me and Pete Sweeney coming up here on the Arrowhead Pride tailgate in just a little bit. Nobody really has your football needs covered quite like we do here at 610 Sports Radio. Of course, the Arrowhead Pride tailgate coming up in about 12 minutes. But every Monday night at 6, you can hear the Therese Paler Show. It is back. Therese is joined by our guy Brandon Kylie this year. And if you're a football geek like me, I don't think there's a more football geek show on the radio than Therese Paler and Brandon Kylie geeking out about football for an hour straight. But that's not all. Every Thursday at 6 during football season, it's players only as it makes its return with Dana Hughes and Joe Mays. This is legitimately one of my favorite additions to the station last year, so I'm super excited we were able to get those guys back every Thursday night at 6. It's players only. It is a must-listen if you are a football fan in Kansas City. Top-off player of the week. So this is, you know, this is a guy that, this is really just the sports horny player of the week, right? And who got you more sports horny in their rookie debut in Hollywood? Jackson has all day. Looking deep for Hollywood Brown again. He's got it. Brown off to the races. And he stays on his feet. Touchdown. He might not be able to replicate his four catches for 147 yards and two touchdowns on only 14 snaps. But there's reason to get excited about that dude because he looked explosive. And for a guy that hadn't even played in the preseason, really, he looked amazing. So, yeah, there's reason to be excited about Hollywood. He's probably not a weekly start, but he's a guy you absolutely have to keep an eye on. Soft hands catch. So this is supposed to be an offensive player, and it will be 99.9% of the time. But when you get an interception this nasty, I'm not going to pass it up. Rivers, end zone, intercepted. Picked off by Malik Hooker and Hooker back up the sideline. What a pick by number 29. I'm in an IDP league and Malik Hooker is one of my safeties in that league. I, I've told you guys about Malik Hooker. You're officially on notice. He has potential to be one of the best safeties in the NFL. He looked the part as a rookie, then he tore his ACL, and he wasn't all the way back last year. Had a lot of injuries throughout the season that kind of kept him down. He is this season. If you saw that interception against Phillip Rivers, that one-handed pick was absolutely nasty. It was absolutely ridiculous, and I love Malik Hooker. 
he is I, I <laughs> yes, this is supposed to be an offensive type of thing, but Malik Hooker is a guy that I just had to rave about for a second. Let's get back to the matchups. The Arizona Cardinals at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens should absolutely destroy the Cardinals in this one. Uh, I don't buy into the Kyler Murray 300 yards passing last week because it took him 54 throws to get there and an overtime. Like That was not efficient in any way. The Cardinals offense, like they're going to be fun, I think, at times this year because they were running four wide receiver sets. They ran four wide receivers at 74% of the time last week. Uh, but the Ravens secondary is still very good. Jimmy Smith might not play in this one, but even if he doesn't, I think that the Cardinals are just a bad football team. They've got two; they're too they're too young right now. Like everybody on that offense is very, very young. Aside from David Johnson, I just don't trust any of their pass catchers, especially not going up against an elite caliber defense like them. And I mean, Larry Fitzgerald. If if you want to take a chance on him, I guess. Because he had a good game in week one, but he's probably going up against our old friend Brandon Carr, who Brandon Carr is still very good. Brandon Carr didn't allow a single touchdown in coverage last season. So I'm not starting any Arizona Cardinals. I, I mean, David Johnson, I think, in your in your redraft leagues has to be in your lineup because you probably don't have anybody who's much better than him. But I'm not starting any of them with any confidence. I am starting Lamar Jackson with a ton of confidence. He didn't even run last week, and he was still incredible. Five touchdowns. Incredibly efficient, was hitting guys left and right, dropping dimes all over the place. Uh, you know, obviously that's not going to continue week to week, but I think that he's going to have an opportunity to get the running game going this week. He's going to rush a little bit. He's going to pass more, and Arizona's defense is bad. So I still like Hollywood Brown this week. Even you know, I, I would expect that he's going to get a few more snaps this week based on how explosive he was last week. And I love Mark Andrews this week. The Cardinals got torched by rookie TJ Hawkinson last week. Mark Andrews, second-year player. He was the most efficient pass catcher of any of the Baltimore Ravens last week. So I think Mark Andrews is a legitimate elite start today. I still like uh, Mark Ingram. He is questionable, but he practiced Thursday and Friday. He should be fine. He was he had a huge game last week. I think he can do the same thing this week. And Gus Edwards is probably going to be in the mix because I expect this to be another blowout for the Ravens. And Gus Edwards got pretty much all the carries in the second half of that game. I think this could be a similar situation. Jags at Texans. Gardner Minshew could be a, I think he's a really deep sleeper. And it doesn't have anything to do with his outfit that he was wearing yesterday when he got off the play. Uh, but if you if you got to take a chance in you know a two-quarterback league, I'm not starting him in a one-quarterback league. But two-quarterback leagues, I think Gardner Minshew is probably worth a look. Leonard Fournette played 86% of the offensive snaps last week. Texans... Run defense without Jadavian Clowney was pretty bad. Uh, if you ask pro football focus, they were one of the worst run defenses in the league last week. So I like Fournette a lot today. I like D.D. Westbrook today because Minshew loved the slot in college, and he's going up against our old friend Philip Gaines because Bill O'Brien decided to cut slot cornerback Aaron Colvin. So I think that D.D. is in for a big game today going up against Philip Gaines. And other than that, I don't really want to take a chance on DJ Chark, Chris Conley, and Marquise Lee has already been ruled out. So I know I know Chark and Conley both had bigger games than Westbrook last week, but I'm still not sold on them. I think Westbrook's in for a big one today. Uh, clearly, you're playing DeAndre Hopkins. He's one of the smoothest dressed, baddest dudes on the face of the planet. Uh, he's at least found the end zone or topped 100 yards the last four times he's faced Jalen Ramsey. So I know Jalen Ramsey's a shutdown corner. But DeAndre Hopkins is just that good. He's a matchup-proof wide receiver. Uh, Jags don't have A.J. Boye today. 
So that means good things for Will Fuller. Will Fuller had a nice game last week. He didn't get a ton of targets, but I think that's going to go up this week. No A.J. Boye. I think he needs to be in your lineup. I I would like Kiki Cutie in this one if Bill O'Brien would commit to anything. You know, Kiki returned to practice this week, but then when Bill O'Brien was asked whether or not he would start, he was noncommittal and was just like, yeah, we'll see on Sunday. So I don't think you can play Kiki, and I, I don't think you can play Kenny Stills. But obviously Hopkins needs to be in your lineup. Carlos Hyde was a not-so-pleasant surprise, I, I guess. Um, I, I, I don't see how he's going to keep it up. Duke Johnson got more snaps than he did. Duke's the guy that you want. I actually like Duke a lot. The Jags gave up nine running back receptions against the Chiefs last week, so I like Duke today to get involved in that offense. Chiefs at the Raiders. Derek Carr, actually been very good fantasy-wise against the Chiefs recently, throwing for at least three touchdowns in his last two home games against the Chiefs. Still have no faith in the Chiefs' defense, so I'm starting Raiders today in multiple lineups, actually. Uh, Josh Jacobs is their clear-cut workhorse. They, they were completely honest about that, and he looked the part last week. Tyrell Williams, top wide receiver. He had a nice week one against a secondary that's much better than the Chiefs. And Darren Waller, I think, is a must-start today. Uh, he, he paced the Raiders in targets last week. The Chiefs gave up the most touchdowns to the tight end position last season. Uh, and Jalen Richard might even be a super sneaky play because the Chiefs are just bad against running backs, especially pass-catching backs. McCole Hardman, going to be in a lot of Chiefs fans' lineups this week, and I think that he probably should be. Any pass catcher in the Chiefs' offense deserves a look. And while he didn't do anything last week with a lot of snaps, Tyreek leaving the game, he's going to be so involved. And when your quarterback's Patrick Mahomes, you got to get anybody who's going to play on 77% of the snaps. You got to get that dude in your lineup. And so I think Hardman is going to be in for a big workload. As I've already mentioned in the show, I like Damian Williams more than LaShawn McCoy today because Damian Williams was getting the snaps that mattered. Damian Williams was getting the red zone snaps, and that's what I need much more than I'm going to bank on LaShawn McCoy jet sweeps and design screens and stuff like that. I'd rather have Damian Williams in my lineup because Damian Williams is going to get the easy touchdowns week in and week out. I know a lot of people are out on Williams, but I am not one of those people just yet. Obviously, you're playing Mahomes, Watkins, and Kelsey. I don't need to spend any time on that. Bears at the Broncos. Well, you know you can't start Mitch. I don't think you can start really any Chicago Bears right now, and that's that's crazy to say. Uh, you know, we we had such high hopes for David Montgomery, but the way they're splitting up those running back carries, I can't trust him right now. I think the only bear you can bank on is Allen Robinson, who actually looked like the wide receiver one that they thought they were signing. You know I love me some A-Rob. He got a ton of targets last week. He looked very smooth in his route running. He was getting open. He was going up. He was getting the football. I actually love Allen Robinson today, even though I think the Broncos secondary is a little bit better than it looked against uh, the Oakland Raiders last week. Uh, Bears defense is still incredible, so I don't like the Broncos' offense at all. Um, and, you know, Joe Flacco still a wonderful-looking dude, but not a very good quarterback. Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders had nice games last week, but the Raiders' defense, again, isn't the Bears' defense. Uh, I don't want to take a chance on Phillip Lindsay or Royce Freeman, who looked like they were in a legit, legit timeshare last week in Week 1, and they're going up against one of the most elite-run units in the NFL. I'm not taking part in many of the Broncos' offensive weapons at all this week. The uh, New Orleans Saints at the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff is a different quarterback at home than he is on the road. I told you that last week. They are at home this week against a Saints team that got lit up by Deshaun Watson last week. Jared Goff averaged 342 passing yards per game at home last season. Yes, get Jared Goff in your lineup 
when he is playing at home. I like Brandon Cooks, who has actually torched the Saints in four games that, in the four games that he's played against them since they traded him. Uh, I still like Robert Woods. I still like Cooper Cup as weekly plays. I still think this is a very good offense. And I think that Malcolm Brown and Todd Gurley now have weekly starting value, similar to the Coleman-Freeman split in Atlanta a couple years ago. Both those guys, I think, can be in your fantasy lineups. Obviously, for the Saints, you start uh, Alvin Kamara. He's one of the most consistent performers in fantasy football. Obviously, you play Michael Thomas. Uh, Drew Brees hasn't been good on the road lately, so I don't really love him, even though I think hopefully this is going to be a shootout. Uh, Ted Gid, Traquan Smith, they're guys you take a flyer on, but not guys that you can get mad at when they don't perform, right? Eagles, Falcons. I get your Eagles in, get your Falcons in. Those are both good offenses. Matt Ryan really struggled last week, but occasionally happens. He looked bad week one, then he went on to have an incredible season. I'm not buying that much into it, but uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Continue to text in. I'll answer your questions after I get out of here. Protein House Eat with a Purpose, text line 69. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 